when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. And welcome ye to the The One Show show, the podcast that sits behind TV's The One Show on the school bus and gobs a greenie on the back of its coat. I am John Holmes, and once again, like sirens, the sirens of Greek mythology who lured sailors onto rocks with enchanting music. So we now lure you towards the green sofa of BBC One early evening magazine programme. But instead of enchanting music, there's films about old ladies who've knitted a wool replica of the Northamptonshire town of Thrapston and some sort of VT about colliery bands gold. Added to that, Matt gets really angry at an iPad, there's a bag of crisps the size of a boy and Richard Curtis goes on the rob. I didn't see any of that in oh, the three episodes well, I watched. You're going to love this. This is going to be a rich, rich seam this week. Joining me to hold the one show's head underwater this week, the regular, you've heard him, the, the one show show regular Mark Haynes and comedian, actress, she was in The Crown for heaven's sake, and now works with near-naked men made of abs all the time as the MC of Magic Mike Live. So with me and Mark in here, it was like a busman's holiday for Samantha <laughs> Bain. Samantha <laughs> Bain. Hi. Hi there, how are you? Good. Good. I'm not used to being around such clothed men. No, I know. <laughs> it's You're ju- both wearing double layers. Oh, yeah. if, if you knew what was lying underneath here, you'd order another two to be put on <laughs> just in case of emergency. So, um, welcome along. Do you uh, ask this question every time? Have you, have you a viewer of the one show apart from when forced to do it for this? Not really. If it's on in the background, yeah. I wouldn't switch it over, but I wouldn't sort of tune in. I don't have an alarm set on my no. phone to watch it every no. day. My television's got uh, four layers over it in case the one show <laughs> shows, its, shows its abs, <laughs> which it doesn't have because it's flabby. Um, so, uh, well, let's let's start. I, I wanted to talk, first of all, about Matt getting angry. Mm, um, I, saw, I saw your little clip that you put on Twitter. Yeah, so I think this was on Monday's episode. So Matt Baker, normally, he's got a, a simmering... You've probably spotted this from the one yeah. He's got a simmering level that just below the surface. Lots of hidden depths that I feel like he hasn't yeah. explored fully. But with a psychologist. Yeah, person. but mostly anger, isn't it? But it, it came to the fore when he his beloved cards that he has things printed on to do yeah. with the show were taken from his grasp right, and replaced with technology. Mm. So they were given, him and Angela Scanlon, iPads with the logo on the back of the iPad instead of on a card. Right. He did not like it one little bit. That's what's just come up on my screen. <laughs> <Here you're laughs> you know, this is your one. I can't bear technology. <laughs> now press me a finger and I'll Down with this sort of thing. Up. 
Um, anyway. Look, there's yours. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, well, I can't even read the thing. You better read it. Go on. James. That's a rubbish. James. <laughs> what, what, why did they take them away to replace them with an I, iPad? What was the thinking behind it? I guess the, it's more modern, it's snazzier. But they it was do fa- it on this morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they also do it on this time with Alan Partridge, don't they? With, and, yes, it, and that's they exactly the model it followed, where it just didn't work. Like with sidekick Simon trying to have a go. So Matt was basically his own sidekick Simon. And, and they were supposed to be, I can't remember what they were talking about, but they were trying to just read stuff out. Yeah. And then he just went... And we're trying this new technology thing tonight. <laughs> this new technology that every four-year-old <laughs> in the country has their own one of. <laughs> and then he showed the screen, because it wasn't working at all. He showed, he showed the screen of his iPad to the camera, and it just said, touch ID to get passcode. Really? Right, so they hadn't switched that passcode thing off. Great. Which you'd think they would. Yeah. And then he couldn't get it, it didn't work, and he just went completely partridge. It'll be his big, rough, animal-killing farmer's hands that they aren't <laughs> like fingerprints. It's like when you've got a pair of gardening gloves on and you touch an iPad and it doesn't respond. Yeah. That'll be Matt's calloused hands from years of throttling sheep. He was. Um, he, he then just said, send in all your stuff and we'll write it on cards and we'll read it out. Yeah. Send in all your stuff and we'll write it on cards and then we'll read it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he took control. It is a very paper-based show, I feel. Yeah. You know, like when people send in photos, they like print them out. It's like, yeah. just show it on the screen. That's yeah. what everyone else does. It's very old school like Why that. Why do you put it in a little frame? It is strange, I, that, isn't it? That is, a, that is a weird one because it never looks aesthetically pleasing. And they hand the guests, they hold up these big photos yeah. of, there was knitted budgerigars, for example. <laughs> From Patrick. Four. There you go. And uh, it was a good family friend knitted these. Years ago. Oh. That was a really good one. <laughs> and people... I want that in my house. Holding it up. And on the back, you can see it's been handwritten, what they've got to say. Yeah. It's not even printed out and stuck on. And I bet now the... they've, they've glued an iPad to the back of that thing. He's got to read it off. <laughs> one but... of the guests even commented that we, they couldn't read it properly. Yeah. This is from Mary. She knitted this for her daughter when she was 12 months old and somehow it managed to still fit her when she was... It says four, but it looks like 41. Which <laughs> <really> <laughs> It's, it's odd. The, the budgerigars, because mm, um, I... So I well, look, do you want to explain the context of why they were knitted budgerigars? This is my... this is my. I laughed the whole way through and I had to re-watch it. <laughs> it was my favourite little segment ever and I wish I had presented it and been with those women. <laughs> Basically, some women knitted... Well, it started off that they'd knitted their own town. Now, we're going to move on to a pa- uh, story that's been in the papers today. You may have seen this. The knitters of the town of Thrapston who recently knitted the town of Thrapston. The whole town. Look, Look at it. It's amazing. But then they were doing good things for hospitals and knitting little hats for um, babies Pr- premature born babies. prematurely, yeah. which is so lovely. But my favourite bit of it is when there's four women, you know, late 60s, early 70s, walking in slow motion <laughs> yeah. down a road holding balls of wool. Yeah, like reservoir dogs. <laughs> or men in black. Or men in black. But like that hero shot you get. Yeah. Except they were all wear, you know, just carrying a wool. little bit of wool and some knitting really needles. Really colourful wool. These enthusiastic knitters responded to a call-out by the Doncaster and Bassetlaw NHS Trust for these tiny knitted lifesavers, small colour-coded hats to pop on the heads of poorly newborn babies. And at one point, when they were doing the introductions of each of the women, a woman has a ball of red wool and a ball of yellow wool, and she holds them in front of her face and then parts the balls to reveal her <laughs> face smiling and says, hello, I'm whatever her name is. And it was just about, I want to start every Edinburgh show that. I'm Margaret. I've been knitting since I was 10 years old. I started to design my own sweaters and have been giving them to family and friends as gifts on birthdays and Christmas time. I mean, as, as the uh, host of Magic Mike Live, the idea yeah. of parting balls to reveal a smiley face is probably something not a million miles away from your work a day life. My face isn't that close to that. <laughs> I wrote about this, I wrote the line, uh, if any of us joke about this, I will personally strangle you. Because I thought this was as brilliant a little five-minute VT as you'll ever see. Elderly women cheerily knitting hats for tiny premature babies in traffic-like colours to show how cold they were and to remind the staff. It was the most heartwarming thing I've ever seen, where I just loved everyone in it, and it made me feel just... I felt so sort of uplifted after it. I really did. Senior Awards sister Michelle Clark 
and Maitre Lane Merrills launched the appeal after colleagues in Scotland shared their ingenious traffic light system that helps prevent hypothermia in newborns. When a baby's born, the, the cold, the wet, if a baby's temperature is below 36.5, that's when we act. So dependent on the temperature, we'll either use a green hat, an amber hat or a red hat. I love the fact that they said that she and her friends, I think it's four of them, yeah. they have made one and a half thousand of these hats uh, for premature babies. And she said she originally got 15 people from her line dancing class to yeah, join in. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget the line dancing <laughs> And class. then 10 from taekwondo. <laughs> About 15 people from the line dancing class and 10 people from the taekwondo class. She's like this ass-kicking elderly yeah. woman making yes. the world a better place. Changing the world. Also, one of their husbands gets involved. Don't yeah. forget him. He just sits silently on the sofa next <laughs> yeah. to her and knits. It's amazing. The, the budgery gas thing. This was because mm. they, they said, do you knit? Yep, they, they said, show us your good or bad knits yeah. or any knitting that you've received. Uh, so we're doing a knit-off tonight. We want to see your extraordinarily good knits and the dodgy ones as well. Ones you've made or maybe reluctantly accepted as a gift. Yeah. Uh, send them to the usual address at the end of the show. That's pictures of them, not the actual knitted things. Yeah, uh, we don't have time for yeah. So basically, all <laughs> knitting. <laughs> all if it's knitting, show us the knitting. something in. <laughs> so desperate. But the budget, they, when they held up, because I, you know, as I always do, mm zoned out a bit mm. and then I looked up to see what I thought at first glance were four budgery guards yep. wearing little knitted coats yep. neither who the fuck would knit <laughs> Budgerigar <laughs> coats, premature budgerigars or otherwise and it turned out no the whole budgerigars yeah. were wool yeah yeah. Wool budgery guy. They're yeah. amazing, really cute. So was the stick that they were standing on. So was the cage, the house that they live in, uh, the world. It's it's basically they revealed the matrix to us yeah. through the budgery guys. Also, someone knitted themselves a boyfriend. That was the other thing that got sent in and put them next to a remote control to show the size. Uh, this is from Carol. She picked up a book called Knit Your Own Boyfriend. It took her a while, but here he is, Wilson. <laughs> I was like, don't put your fake boyfriend next to the remote. They'll still steal it. <laughs> but the, it, the, the I second love one they showed was just a dog in a, in like a jumper that had his arms cut off, yeah. and that got no reaction. No. Everyone was like, "Fuck that dog! This is bullshit!" Because we've just seen a tiny boyfriend, which was funny, and then four amazing budgery guards. Fuck your dog in a jumper. Uh, this lovely young lady is Tia. She's a five-year-old German Shepherd, and her dad James says this uh, creation is by his mum oh, Diane, yeah. and they're from Normanton. Mm. <laughs> no effort gone into that at no. all. That's a direct quote, by the way, from, yeah. <laughs> from from Matt Baker. He said, "Right, fuck your fucking dog." He said. <laughs> uh, the the this was this Thursday. So I've got I've lost track of what this which was one Wednesday. Was. Wednesday. Yeah. Catherine Ryan was on. That's right. So yeah. this was the one where the, because of the knitting, this was the one that so we got a message. The one show podcast. We got a message on our Twitter feed yep. saying, uh, uh, "You should watch this," which is what sort of led. Normally, I'll avoid Wednesday like the play because it's an hour long. Yeah. yeah. Not this week though. Again. Again, it's been half an hour. Oh, was it? Yeah, I, I, it feels like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to see I watched really... five minutes of wool and it felt like half an hour. No, but... it was a highlight. The wool whizzed by. Oh. I loved it. But then they were talking about, well, all with a straight face, and mm. the bit that the, uh, the person tweeting has just said, what are you going to make of this? And they were just talking about twiddling muffs. We've got a call out for twiddle muffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Twiddle, twiddle muffs? Yeah, what are they? Yeah. Muffs or sleeves that have got little pom-poms on or bubbles on. It's that pain patients with dementia or elderly patients have got something just to sit and twiddle. No problem, I'll get Thank the ladies you. sorted. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Margaret. I'll have to get twiddling. <laughs> and the team have been very busy twiddling because they've uh, created... These are the twiddle muffs that they were talking about there. So um, cute. And they're lovely, actually, aren't they? Yeah, they're actually really comforting. Tom, how are you finding that? I feel like I want to go to bed. They're very comforting. <laughs> yeah, <they're> wonderful. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah. Twiddle, twiddle muffs. Twiddle, twiddle muffs. Yeah, yeah twiddle muffs. Uh, Magic Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On now. <laughs> but yeah, and... No muffs were twiddled in the making of Magic Mike. Um, what, I thought that that was sort of an absurdist spin on the whole wall segment then at the end yeah. when they decided to make I think it seemed like the nurses in the hospital where the the, the ladies were making hats for them had now got so many oh, hats had they there's ever. this shot where they're surrounded by bin bags full of hats <laughs> and they look really sort of exasperated because they also have to sort through these hats yeah. like, as well as like doing their job and looking after babies <laughs> so then it was like that they came up with just some random idea to stop these women from 
from making hats. They, they said in that bit, we, we've now got literally tons of hats. Now, when you're talking about a unit of measurement for premature baby caps, which are like when innocent do the thing at Christmas, which is fucking annoying, yeah. where the innocent drinks come with a little bobble well, hat on. It's annoying. It's really cute. It I makes just, me you, buy them. You just have to throw those little hats away. No, and go, go and give them to premature babies. That's the, that's the... They have to be used once, those premature hats. Oh. Single-use premature yeah, hats. Yeah. They go on and they're off. Or you bin. can put them on top of your cactuses to keep them warm in winter. Sure. Or your budgery gars to or just keep that wall penis, going. penis hat. <laughs> yeah, back to magic, Mike. Here we go. Yeah. Good. So um, Thursday, we saw Thursday, right? Mm, and yeah. now Thursday was, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know what, Thursday was like watching the one show slightly skewed yeah. through the prism. I don't know, it was like hard a fi- drugs? It was like a fictionalised version of the one show that was made by the British film industry. Yeah. So where you've got like your Radio Caroline and it becomes the boat that rocked. Yeah. Uh, very unacceptable film, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Strange oh, reference to oh, make. Oh, we'll get on to Richard Curtis in a minute. <laughs> but th- this was like the one show, if you had a three million pound sh- like independent film budget yeah. and you went, oh, we've got to do a thing like the one show. And Michael Ball was on this. For some reason, there were lots and lots of people from Joseph, which they never really set up, but it's coming back. And I tell you what, it was a it was a tonic. This show, this I, tonic. I thought Ball was, was brilliant. Like, it was poisonous. It was like deadly <laughs> deadly nightshade. It was in a velvety blue jacket. <laughs> it was the epitome of bands. <laughs> Welcome to your Thursday one show live with Michael Ball. And Angela Scanlon. And you saw that we have three stars of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat right here on our show tonight. Please welcome Jason Donovan, Sheridan Smith, and Jack Yarrow. This was the first one I watched. You told me I needed to watch two, right? I, I watched this one first and was. Like jaw on the floor, like <laughs> yeah. what is this? <laughs> it was, the, it's the it's not a gateway drug that episode. That's no. hard. That's the hard stuff. You, you went in hard. Have, yeah, you like the opening was Michael Ball and Angela standing there, and then cast members from Joseph sort of passed them in a sort of weird. And Michael Ball took their coats off. It was really weird. <laughs> I know. I know. I just wrote in big letters. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I'm a bit embarrassingly excited. I am as nice. well, actually. Joseph I am. I know Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, here. and here's Jason. Oh. Jason, who are you playing in Joseph? Pharaoh. Lovely. <laughs> oh, oh, look who it is. Oh, who are you then? Narrator. Narrator, that's nice. Oh, lovely. And who are you playing? Guess. Um, I'm thinking the hairy Ishmaelite. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> It's like the start of Muppets Tonight, right? The <laughs> late 90s Muppet show that ran on Channel 4. That No, everyone's forgotten it was really good. And that used to basically start with them going, we've got five minutes before the show starts, what are we going to do? And this, for me, was very much like they're getting ready for the show. Here's Michael backstage <laughs> doing this. And I was like, I am in love with the musical theatre. <laughs> I feel like Michael had been like, I want to do some acting in this. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm versatile. So let's do a scene at the beginning where like, I can be in jo- Also, there was this weird Rivalry yeah, throughout totally between him and Jason great. Donovan. Great. Like I thought they were going to take their top. I know I'm in Magic Mike. Now <laughs> everything <laughs> I say disputes, is like linked to it. dispute settled in Magic Mike <laughs> yeah, world. Take, take off your tops top, off bro. And, like, wrestle in mud. Like I thought Michael, and then sing while they were doing it. Like that's what I want to see Michael Ball and Jason Donovan do. Like it was so weird. Like masculine testosterone. It was because the, there was a, there was that one-upmanship of of the Palladium became a sort of uh, a virtual yeah. and real battleground. So. Mm. Joseph's coming back, as he talked about, uh, with Jason Donovan, who used to be in it famously like 20-odd years ago or however long ago it was. They were talking about playing the Palladium and, and Jason Donovan sort of said, oh, it's great to be you know, back in the Palladium and, and since I was there last, they've improved the dressing rooms. Or, you know, and, then, yeah. and then Michael Ball said, well, when I was at the Palladium, and you think, oh, OK, here we go. More recently. More, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 More year. recently. Yeah. I was there in uh, 2001. Yeah, so, yeah. Jace, yes. you're back at the Palladium. Yes. How does it feel? Oh, it feels great, mate. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And the dressing rooms are so much better than they were. <laughs> They I really are. They're better than they were when I was there in the 2001. Oh, it was that, such a that good joust about uh, too many broken hearts keeping Michael Ball off the number one spot yeah. with love changes everything. And they were making a bit of fun, you know, and he was going, I tell you what, Jason, there are too many broken hearts. Grrr. And then Jason did a sort of impression of Michael Ball singing, which was slightly, ah, you're, a, you're easy to parody, which means what you do <laughs> is both easy and stupid. I always love the story, though, 
of Michael doing Love Changes Everything. Mm. And there was a, a certain person that got to number one in the charts at that time you with a record called Swine. Two Broken Hearts. <laughs> Do you know about this? No. Do you know and about... You yes, of course I'm bitter. <laughs> I was number one in the midweek charts. He goes and does a, a TV show where he dies in it, then releases his single, Got to Number One and Stop yeah. Me. Oh, so, uh, there are too many broken hearts in this world, <laughs> Jason Donovan. Well, he's over love, it now. Love changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I loved this show. I like Jason Donovan's diss of Andrew Lloyd Webber that he tried to claw back. Did you spot that? No. Uh, when he was talking about uh, the last time he did um, Joseph and 91 or something, and he just he said, well, it was a different time. It was a very different time. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cat's Phantom Aspects of Love. His currency was very high then. Oof. <laughs> and then he suddenly went, as it is now. That was a very different era. You know, Lloyd mm. Webber at that particular point in time had just done Phantom, Cats and uh, Aspects of Loves and all that. So his currency was very up. And it still is, obviously. He's a national treasure. As it is now. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angela Sandbury podcast. It's a funny one. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. They played that horrific singing game. That was a disaster. Oh, God. It, that was like kids TV, like back in the 90s, when they yeah. used to play those like fun games with yeah. celebrities and didn't tell them about it uh, before. But they even yeah. introduced it by saying, we're going to play a little game. And when they say that on The One Show, because they do this fairly regularly, you know, let's have a bit of fun. We're having a bit of fun in the office. So let's bring that to television. And, and your heart sinks a little bit. But this one was particularly bad. Again, you went in hard to a dreadful example of one of these so things. So we're going to play a little game that we've called Joseph and his multi-talented troupe of many voices. <laughs> it's catchy. Jack has got a song and a star that he wants you three to sing it oh, in. Michael, you're yeah. up first. Jack, All right, okay. go. Michael, so empty chairs, empty tables from, of course, Lemmings, in the style of swing. <laughs> There's a grief that can't be spoken. Well, there's a pain going on and on. Cause empty chairs and empty tables. Now my friends are dead and gone. I mean, Michael Ball had clearly practiced what he was yeah. going to do. <laughs> he knew. Like, I, he knew what was on that card. I, I think he would have said, don't tell me because I'm a virtuoso, right? <laughs> Anything you throw at me, I can do. And he did that. And he'll look back and go, 
probably should have found out what was on the card. Yeah. So it the was I- yeah, the idea- a, a Les Mis song. Yeah, well, the idea was they were, they were given songs... Th- from the musicals. From musicals that they had to do in a different style. Yeah. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed his rendition. I feel like he really committed. <laughs> he, he did. He did commit. There's a part of me that wishes someone would play devil's advocate and said, it's going to be empty chairs and empty tables, reggae style. Because <laughs> my, Michael would not have been able to stop himself performing, but at the same time, he wouldn't have had the thinking time to make it appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they gave it to Sheridan, Sheridan Smith, mm. uh, who was also on the couch. Yeah, because she's also uncomfortable in the whole time. She did. did you notice the point where her and Jason Donovan started holding yes, hands? Yes, I did. And then she felt like she couldn't let. It was like they were both like we started holding hands, and neither of us want to be the one to like pull away from the hand, in case people notice. So yeah. we're just going to keep holding hands for a ridiculously long amount of time I, I, until they then had both hands on Jason's thigh, weird. and then she slowly took. It was away. weird. And do you know what? It makes me think of like the tabloid thing, which is always, they've always got that thing about Sheridan Smith, which is tragic Sheridan, you know, oh, personal life in tatters, this, all these sorts of horrible stories you see about her. And with Jason Donovan grabbing her hand, I was like, oh, yes, yes, fragile Sheridan Smith. You know, she needs the support of, get off her fucking hand, Jason Donovan. <laughs> she doesn't need you to be holding her hand on television. She's Sheridan Smith. She has got rooms full of fucking BAFTAs and ITV soap awards or whatever it is. She is, she is brilliant. She's one real proper theatre acting, yeah, you know, yeah. Olivier-type awards, you know. But she the holding hand moment, because he mm. originally held her hand, and I was like, oh, weird. And then she kept gripping it, and then <laughs> he was in this weird sort of vice grip where his fingers were pointing downwards into her hand, <laughs> and his wrist was sort of curved over. Like, it must have been incredibly uncomfortable for him. But she, I felt like she was saying, you're going to hold my hand, you're going to fucking hold it. <laughs> I love that you just <laughs> stared at the handshakes oh my God. Uh, throughout the it whole programme. When you see it, you just go, what is happening here? It's so rare to see two adults sort of having a conversation and they're also holding hands. If I I see two people who are adults holding hands on the tube and they're not pensioners, I'm a bit like, oh, get over yourselves. You know, what are you doing? (laughs) When they're on television and you know that they're not going out, that they're just working together. So it'd be like us holding hands now. Can we? All of us. (laughs) (laughs) Last time I held your hand, you didn't put your hand out. (laughs) It was something else entirely. Not falling for that again. (laughs) The, uh, the, the, the show, because and that's all part of it, it was the loveliest loving. Mm. I thought it, I thought I found it quite alienating to a viewer. I know you loved it. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was a bit alienating. It was also, mm. it was also all back-slappy theatre. Look at us. And I love theatre. But the kid who was is the star of the show, who is Joseph, yeah. right? He didn't even get to play the singing game to show off his singing, no. did he? No. no. He was the one who had to tell them what to do from a car. It, he was, it's it like, was, oh, you're it, not famous. You can fuck well, off. Well, it was his TV debut as well. Yeah. And yeah. he had a, a sort of in, inherent casual sort of like ease with the format. He was that, natural. That I actually yeah. really didn't like. <laughs> I was really, oh, no, so I not agreeing. I was really like, show. oh, you, you arrogant little shit. <laughs> Jack, you've never been on the one show or any other television. This is my this TV is. Debut, debut. It's not only your TV debut, it's your theatrical it debut. It is. Your it first is. ever show. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank In you. fact, you had to leave drama school early. I did. I was at Arts Ed in Chiswick and I left in March to start rehearsals for this. No, I thought he was the best on it. That's his debut and he was so chill. He was chill. Although he had a real moment where he thought he'd said something bad about his college, which is Arts Ed, and then he just kept saying how amazing it was. I've learned so much doing this, more than I've ever learned in my years at this college. And you could see him sort of go... I've learned more in the last three weeks than I have in the whole three years I spent at college watching these two. You'll you'll never be going back to that college. (laughs) (laughs) Which was amazing. Thankless little shit. Uh, but he, do you want me to say that in a swing style? <laughs> yes, please. Uh, oh, no, I'll do it in a reggae accent. Uh, <laughs> this, this this had one of my favourite videos of of the, the the week as well, just because it was again something that I've no interest in. wasn't particularly interesting, yeah. but was very sort of odd and funny. Which was about a uh, pop festival that happened yeah. in a place yeah. called Wheelie in Essex. Yeah, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, yeah. So around that time, there was a, there, just a little bit. You know how you set something up and you'll go. Um, uh, it was like this, but this is what happened. But what came out of it was very interesting. And that line, what came out of it was very interesting, was the funniest thing I've heard a week. So they went, 10,000 people were expected, 150,000 people turned up, and this town just couldn't cope. <laughs> 10,000 were expected to attend, 150,000 turned up. 
and they just couldn't cope. What, of I found, not. what I found so weird about that is when they set it up as like this really interesting thing, like a music festival like sort of appeared overnight and amazing rock and roll bands mm. performed. And then it became the most mundane thing. Like one woman was interviewed and I thought this was the most interesting bit of it. And all she did was say one sentence and they cut away, which was that she had some, I can't remember who it was, but a pop star paid a pound. T-Rex. T-Rex. So it was Mark T-Rex. Bolan, yeah. yeah. Paid a pound to have a bath in her mum's house. <laughs> Mum had T-Rex in for a bath. For a pound. <laughs> and, that, like, that is literally all she said, and they just cut away from her. It was like, who was that woman? I want to know that story. I don't want to hear about how people didn't have anywhere to sleep. Uh, I, uh, and then at the very end was the most cringing <laughs> local TV oh, moment. God, they are awful. my new favourite band. Of all kinds. They are called Mustard. Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> as in, as in, don't cut the mustard. It was a wheelie music festival, and it was August. 1971. Thank you. And they were a local band who had basically, they were going to play this festival in 1971 and they'd pulled out when they'd seen who else was on the bill because there were loads of really good bands yeah. and they were like, not for us. And they met one of the guys and it was an odd thing where they sort of went, Baker's son, Hoss, was in the band. <laughs> Their drummer was Baker's son, Hoss. No explanation about that. And he just no, said... No, because they... Sw- you didn't listen. Uh-huh. They spoke about the baker before because he baked non-stop for three days without sleeping. Yeah, and he took I only took a year. Years worth, worth of, of taking. taking. So, Hosh, your dad was the baker. Baked solid for about three days, never went to bed. Good day for business. He took a year's takings in a weekend. Yeah. Why is his son called Hoss? <laughs> and why that, that they didn't explain. He doesn't have a surname. <laughs> Again, if you're in a band... I think he's hung like someone from Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a band and you're like, uh, I'm Slash from Guns N' Roses, that's fair enough. If you were in Mustard, you don't get to just have a one name that everyone knows you by. You're just a bloke from Wheelie in Essex. You've got to have a full name. Hoss. I'm Hoss. What do you do, Hoss? I'm currently unemployed. It doesn't, it doesn't work, the right? Baker's son. <laughs> the Baker's son. The very fact that the job, the closest he's got to a job, is what his dad did, is is not right. But um, they they basically said, well, what we're going to do, after they brought Mungo Jerry in to do a a, a, a song... Mungo Jerry! I had no idea all of Mungo Jerry was still alive. That is good news as far as I'm concerned. Was Mungo Jerry Jerry one person? See, I, I thought Mungo Jerry were a band. Yeah, they are. But, but they kept referring to Mungo Jerry as him. And then Mungo Jerry said that he'd be interested in performing, and that's when it really all mushroomed. Yeah, no, th- they did have the guy's name, and I've forgotten it. It's Mungo. No, it's, <laughs> is he Mungo or Jerry? Uh, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry the Hoss Mungo, <laughs> I believe his name is. And, uh, but they brought in Mustard to do, yeah. finally. They gave him their shot. Their deli- their, you know, and thank God they didn't play in 1971, yeah. because if they've had... <laughs> 40 years to get to that level. <laughs> it was amazing. It was properly like, again, if we just sort of went, John, I've got a guitar here yeah, and a yeah. ukulele. Three, two, one, <laughs> think of a song. And it was August 1971. <laughs> it was it was magical. I love hearing. It was like like hearing outsider musicians. It was like hearing the shags oh, it's, I've on, seen, on the one show. I've seen this sort of, sort of thing. Um, like, you know, a friend of mine's a head teacher, okay? <laughs> and I have been to his school fate. Where what happens at his school fate is some of the dads in the village yeah. get a band together, yep. right. rehearse for a few nights beforehand, and probably you know, then go to the pub. Yeah. Or actually go to the pub first and then perform like they think it's Wembley. Yeah. Uh, just just in the corner of the school field. That's what it was. Yeah. And but the thing they'd set up the stage in the exact position it was in nineteen seventy one in this field, which was hundred and fifty thousand people, and invited people to, who were originally there to come back and watch mustard. 35 people. I counted it from an aerial drone shot they had. I, I paused it and I counted them. It just goes to show, yeah. I mean, the actual pull of the one show really is to name one show, isn't it? You know, they can they can get 35 people at the drop of a hat. But what just I couldn't handle is the way they set it up. So it was in this field, which is obviously now crops. So they've yes. obviously made some poor farmer, like, mow a bit of the crops. The ones you could see flattened. it cut out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've put, like, a properly, like, what looks expensive stage yeah. with a 
sound system there for just 35 people in the corner of a cropped field. Like, it was so weird. There is every chance that little film cost the BBC somewhere between 350 and £600,000. <laughs> <laughs> just to make... It's just stage. They, they mentioned as well on the one show, the one show is going to Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. I, yeah. don't, I don't think Speaking they're performing. Cost, no. But but they are going to go. All the, co- the, the controversy over how many people from the BBC get to go to Glastonbury. Yeah. And, you know, and, and yes, it, and there was when well, it requires an army of technicians. Yeah, I know. Okay, we get that. We get some presenters have to go. The one show don't have to go no, to Glastonbury. Absolutely no need. Festival season <laughs> is of course upon us, and next Friday the one show will be live from Glastonbury. I actually had a look at this because I remember that that controversy, and it was in 2017, and the BBC refused to reveal after a load of Freedom of Information requests yeah. how many employees and staff members actually went to Glastonbury, and they refused to answer it. And they cited EU human rights law, which provides uh, freedom of expression and the rights of the media, saying, so we don't have to tell you because we have the rights of the media. Yeah. So basically what you can infer from that is it was much too many people. Yeah, absolutely yeah, 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 yeah. unjustifiable. Yeah. And now you're going to have the one show there as well. And they don't need, I mean, reserve judgment, maybe there is a special reason for the one show to be at Glastonbury, coming live from Glastonbury. Are they, they going to burn, yeah. burn it in a big wicker, man? That'd be thrilling. The, um, maybe they've knitted Glastonbury <laughs> and they're actually not at Glastonbury they're at the knitted version. Did you I enjoyed the brief um, the, the brief allusion to sexual intercourse in this yeah, film as yes. well. Yeah, I thought unusual. That was, given that Matt's last week panicked when uh, blowers Henry Blofeld off of cricket f- just simply told an anecdote but flicked the V's at the end of it and Matt felt the need to apologise oh, yeah. for that horrific wow. This uh, is a family show yeah. he said he did. furiously and he um, well my family don't want to hear about sexual intercourse se- on the one show from Matt Baker a, a retired policeman in that film said uh, well, at the festival yeah we all went to the festival he said there were naked people semi-naked people people having sex I've never seen a sight like it in my life some were semi-naked some walking about stalkers somebody having sex you stepped over and said to your colleague, yes, they were. Oh, I thought they were. Carry on. These days, if you have sex in public, wouldn't you be arrested or something? Probably. Absolutely. But then, absolutely fine. The only way to get away with it is to have sex in public with a policeman. (laughs) (laughs) That's the loophole. And 150,000 people (laughs) who've gone to a small town who can't cope. Also, he did say he stepped over them. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mm. It also limits the number of exciting positions. So we know it must have been missionary. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It can't be anything else. (laughs) Anything else, someone is at least on their knees. Doggy, he'd have to jump over. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I suppose it depends which direction he's going. Yeah, in. froggy. Froggy. <laughs> Should have been froggy. I am 42. I have no idea what that means. So the woman is face down in a frog-like position with that her legs That is disrespectful out. already. Carry on. I'm <laughs> interested now. <laughs> you're face down with your legs, legs like a frog, so mm. like bended knees. Yes. Yeah. And and then. Um, whoever you're having sex with is on top of you yeah. sort of lying down it would be basically if I was you're going to still have still lying down if I was going to have sexual intercourse with a giant frog that is probably <laughs> yeah, the best yeah okay that's how you do this, it. Is, this is how they close act one of Magic Mike <laughs> <laughs> froggy style everyone it's actually a very satisfying position for a woman is it yeah. d- depending on where <laughs> her G-spot is right uh, something you can I've, get a good angle on it I've literally never heard of a fro- so well, I, I feel do you have sex with women uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, my wife's listening, so okay. I've, I've got to say no. Well, <laughs> well, now you know how to please her when you get home. Uh, another thing I can withhold. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to tell you. Um, uh, I think these are in possibly Monday and Tuesday, so I don't, yeah. which I don't think you saw. I saw Tuesday. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you? Was it Tuesday or was it Monday when we got? What was it like? Is back. Ooh. We got several What Was It Likes this week. Really? I, I, yeah. did, I did hear a lot that were skirting very close to What Was It Like, yeah, but they were in, in slightly the ballpark. Ways. Yeah. Yes. So when Ashley Jensen was on. Yes, I did see that episode. Uh, yeah. And, you know, from extras and, and so on and so forth. And she'd lived in LA for six years. And now she's back to do something else over here that she's promoting. And Matt said to her, You lived in LA for six years. What was that chapter like? Well, it's lovely to see you back in the UK. You've been here for a while because you spent quite a few years, didn't you, over in LA? I did. I spent six years in LA. Yeah. And I lived to tell the tale. Mm -hmm. What was that chapter? So he's 
What was it like? See, they've, it, picked, they've picked up on it, but actually I put in the word chapter. So, it's so, not, it's so, not the same. so with them having a pick at me, they shouldn't be having a pick at me because I put in the word chapter. <laughs> <laughs> was she promoting her autobiography? No, no she's promoting she was, Agatha yeah. Raisin. It is about a, a young retired PR who's moved to the Cotswolds. And that, for me, is the sort of programme that can fuck right off. <laughs> I have no interest in any of those bits. Uh, she was. She seems really nice. Yeah. You know, I don't think that comes as a surprise. She seems like a really good guest. But um, this was a, 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 a terrible episode for me. A terrible episode. Uh, they opened it by saying we've got um, essentially David Guetta and the youngest British person to fly a single-person light aircraft on the show. Now, tonight we are joined by some real high flyers. We are going to be meeting the youngest ever British pilot to fly a one-person aircraft. Mm-hmm. And, and here we'll she goes, be... she's up, up and away. Amazing, and we'll also be chatting to a man with some huge hits under his belt. We're listening to one of them right now, in fact. Grammy award-winning DJ and music producer David Guetta will be here. Yeah. Uh, natural combination booking, that. Um, but, but they got really obsessed with David Guetta having flown in from Ibiza. And they were going, oh, flown from Ibiza, so glam and everything. He's flying in from a beta. I know, it's but seriously glad. How juicy is that? Kept on going on yeah. about it, going, at one point Matt said to me, you're on a different time zone. So, Titanium. Where have you flown in from? And what time zone I, are you on? I'm, I just arrived from uh, Ibiza. It's not Ibiza. I mean, uh, what, you, uh, two hours? Uh, it costs £33 and it costs £34 <laughs> on British Airways. <laughs> so, I mean, I worked that out as well. That is less than a taxi from the BBC to High Barnet. Right? <laughs> so, if you ever come in from further away than High Barnet, you are officially more glam than David Guetta. But also, if you are in Ibiza, it probably is a different time zone because you're not going to be awake at nine o'clock in the morning. He did mention he'd been awake for two weeks because the season's just started. And as he said that, I was like, God, he looks good. And then his eyes did start to sort of come out on stalks. So he was, but so he was sitting next to a pilot. Yeah, uh, Britain's youngest pilot. Flight from Ibiza. (laughs) Yeah, they did join it up. They joined it up at the end. Um, David, we said if you need a pilot, you know. Yeah, yeah. She said the key skill to the the key skill to flying. They said, what is the key skill? And she went, not crashing, which I thought, yeah. And so, what does the flight test actually entail? What do you have to do? It kind of entails just flying and not crashing, kind of. (laughs) 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 You tell them, kid. But they had a weird, the little uh, video with her at the start that sort of went, you know, how she got into it. It opened with her saying, I'm Ellie Carter, an ordinary 16-year-old. I was like, that was ordinary? (laughs) Who says that? That is a proper scripted link that was a bit heavy-handed. I'm Ellie Carter, an ordinary 16-year-old schoolgirl about to complete my GCSEs, and this is my mum and my dad. Last December, just a few days after my 16th birthday, I became one of the youngest females to qualify to fly solo in a powered aircraft. And there was a good other scripted bit of the VT itself because she made this solo flight on her own, not live on the one show. This was done a while ago. So they were just talking about it and how she'd done it and how nervous her parents were. So they had a shot of her coming into land, right, with her dad standing at the side of the airfield. And they'd clearly said to him, can you... We know she does this now, but could you just look like it's her first time doing it and just give it and, and just act out like an example of how you were nervous. So this man, who's just a bloke, yeah. had to act uh, being really nervous. This is I'd, I'd missed that bit, but I'd written down on, I think, ooh, what, which show? Possibly Thursday, the one where they were making garden sheds into pubs. Thursday. Yes. It opened with the couple... Uh, in their shed, you know, and it's uh, Alan and Sophie are yep. thinking about what to do with the shed in their garden. And they go, God, there's so much mess in here. It's so dirty. <laughs> and the other one turns around and says, why don't we open up our own pub? It's just full. It's literally full. You've got a record player down there. Garden stuff. I don't know what we're going to do with it all. I've had a great idea. Why don't we make the shed into a bar? Like a pub. And they went, they had the idea to open up a... And again, they've said, go back, recreate that moment. Amateur yeah. acting. Yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. actors, but give it a go. It's easy, isn't it? Yeah, just, just fucking we dress have loads up. I have loads of them on the sofa. Yeah. It's a piece of piss. But actor. then I was like, well, can I trust any of this? Are these people just paid actors who are bad? Yeah. And this this whole thing is a myth about this pub thing. Well, also, I their been questioning shed that. looked very it huge. clean. It was huge. It was huge and very clean. Yeah. I reckon it wasn't originally a shed. Nope. Yeah. I reckon they just put it up and wanted to put a pub in it. Yeah. And then 
the producers were like, put loads of stuff in your shed because there was it was just bags. It was. It was, and it was weird that one because no they cobwebs. had they had the mother-in-law who was <laughs> who uh, just hated a public ex-publican, and she was like going, "Don't do this. Just go to the pub. Go to the pub." What do you think? I think it's a bad idea. Oh, do you? I do. I think you should support your local pubs. They need you. A shed is for storage. Keep like pubs alive. Yeah, keep the pubs, pubs alive. alive. And they're so, saying, well, pubs are closing down. You go, yeah, they're closing down because you're drinking fucking on your own in your shed. In your shed. You know, that used to be a real sign of a problem drinker. Now, because you've got two lights fucking hanging up, you're like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. You know? <laughs> and because you spent 15 grand on it. You don't complain about pubs being expensive. <laughs> if you spend 15 grand on creating the smallest, most horrible pub in Britain. He sat there, that man, and he said, well, this, why have you done this? Because this is a whole community. They're called sheddies. Of course they fucking are. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and they, oh, there are 10,000 sheddies in the country who've turned their pub, their sheds into pubs. This place said, why'd you do it? Well, because they're going to the pub, just having a drink. It's like really expensive having a drink. It costs a lot of money. You've spent 15 grand! Pubs are now expensive to go and have a drink. That's now a big factor in pub sheds, is the cost. I don't like seeing pubs closed down. It's just the cost. It's too expensive to go out now. <laughs> That's a lot of drink. And then you've got to buy more. I mean, that would last you for probably, what, five years if yeah. you went out pretty much every day. Um, I'm one of these guys who's actually a woody, so I drink all my alcohol in woods uh, and parkland. <laughs> I mean, this thing of a movement, just because there are other people who have also had the same bad idea, it doesn't mean that you're a group and it gives it sort of respectability. Also, why do you have to go to your shed to do it? Just drink it in the living room? Drink it in your kitchen. Yeah. And that's yeah. already done up. <laughs> There's a loo there. <laughs> and running water. <laughs> yes, right. And a telly. There's, and there's no... They said that... Um, can you... Because it was a proper, proper pub. I mean, this guy had taps, optics, yeah. all of the stuff. And so they're pouring pints and... Mm. And, and then he said... So, and I, thought, I assumed... When they said it's a shed, I thought, good, it is entrepreneurial. They're actually doing, like, little micro-pubs themselves. No. Nope. No, because they... And someone said, how do you... Get a license? Oh, we can't charge. We can't get a license. No, we don't charge for any of it. Yeah, so but it is I reckon they, they do. do. Yeah, exactly. there are there are quite the often prosecutions for people where they yeah. go in and they'll go. But why have you got this this thing written up saying Carlsberg can one pound? And they'll go because I want to give it an authentic uh, fit. And they get the yeah, yeah. fucking right. <laughs> the way he said, well, oh, I don't charge for it, so it's fine. So you don't need a license or anything? Because I'm not selling it. No, you don't need anything like that. I was like, you do. Yeah. You all of <laughs> you your neighbours. A lot of money on the side. This is technically a private members club, which is run through the front of the house, mm. which has a, a an annual subscription. Once in, you, I mean, it's just <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go to the pub, you big one fucking of losers. Them, one of them looked like a wine bar and said VIP oh, on the wall, awful. And, <laughs> so which is awful. a mirror. And and the husband was DJing, yes, he was. and he said every time you hear that ah noise, you have to come to the bar and get a shot. What a horrible <laughs> place to be. As a a rule when you hear this you've got to come to the bar for a shot <laughs> and the woman was like oh it's so classy I was like, where have you been they did that thing as well which really winds me up which is a slightly geeky thing to get wound up by but you hear it all the time on the radio and you hear it on telly and they did this there's the guy DJing with his uh, CDJs <laughs> and, uh, and his CDs he's mixing them about and then when mother-in-law got angry about the pub and said you shouldn't do this uh, how did they stop the music for effect with a record scratch oh he's great got... uh... what do you think of it I love it I'll tell you what I think it's a shed <laughs> A shed is a shed. Just right. the stock record scratch that they've been using on the BBC since 1946. <laughs> You'd have enjoyed talking of DJs. Oh, good seg. Well done, everyone. Um, uh, they, Catherine they, Ryan actually said those did. words to she Angela did, Scanlon. She did. And that Angela Scanlon was like, oh, we do a lot of them. Now, speaking of fish out of water, Agatha Raisin, back for a second. <laughs> yeah. And they said, oh, oh, yes, we do them all the time. Back in the day. <laughs> everything. We do a lot of them. Then, yeah. if you are aware, stop doing them. <laughs> They're really painful. Scanlon was queen of this mm. uh, this week. She got a lot of... Did you see the, on the Agatha Raisin mm. episode um, they were talking about... This is something I learned this week. I learned that Matt Baker likes Frank Spencer. Yes, he does. He's a fan sure. of Frank Spencer and some others do have him. Yes, but off the back it, it of that... It was just his way. The fun element, the storylines too. I don't know what it was. It was his way oh, and just the fun element, but actually the, the storyline yeah. too and the fun <laughs> 
that, that to me, you could, if you say those words, who, who else could you be talking about? It was just his way, the fun element, the storylines too. Must be Frank Spencer. Oh, God. And then, then they got out of the Frank Spencer chat, and I can't even remember how they got into the Frank Spencer chat, but they got out of it with Scanlon brilliantly going, so from Berries. He wore a beret. Oh. To raisins. Yes. Well, from berries to raisins, Agatha Raisins <laughs> returns to Skywood on July the 12th. Zing. Oh. I think she actually used the beret line two or three times. Yeah. <laughs> Coming back for different That's berries. A real good one. Yeah, from berries to berries, I think was one as, yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, she was a favourite. She, she'd really latched onto that. <laughs> yeah. Like Frank Spencer on the back of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we abruptly stop part one of this week's The The One Show show right there. Part two will be jumping up at you tomorrow like a puppy that needs to go outside. But please do rate and review us. We only accept five stars because we'd like to make this podcast more well-known given that it seems to be stuck behind every other single other podcast in the podcast charts. Perhaps the one show should make this their official podcast. Yeah, good idea. If you're listening, we're more than happy for you to do that. Also, we should mention we will be doing this show live in the autumn. That's right, you can come and be in the audience as we tear the one show a new one in front of your actual excitement. I am terrified that we'll get the same audience that the one show gets on the forecourt where it'll be 30 (laughs) people sort of spread out a bit distantly. If you listen to this, that is part of a contract. You now owe us the purchase of a ticket, so go and buy your tickets, please. If you Google the London Podcast Festival and search for us on there, that'll work, right? It will, yeah. Tickets are cheap and you're going to love it. Matt Baker might be in the front row. (laughs) (laughs) Booking pending. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the fun. See you tomorrow. happen if you've got a comedian in a room you open their amazon account and you look back at everything they've ever bought on that website well this because i was consuming so much peanut butter i decided to try and get a powdered version that wasn't as fattening Uh, your handwriting can change your life i regret this book (laughs) i regret this book Keep Calm and Love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love yes. that. I do have that on my fridge. Four pounds you spent on that. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster, available now from Great Big Al. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.